Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. This is Star Talk. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist and host. And we are coming to you from my office at the Hayden Planetarium of the American Museum of Natural History right here in New York City. Co-host Chuck Nice. Hey, Chuck. hey. Chuck in the house. Good to be in the Cosmic Crib. Tweet. Oh, we hadn't called it that in a while. That's, that's right. But that's what it is that's and has what it is. always Always been. will be. The Cosmic Crib. Uh, uh, tweeting at Chuck Nice Comic. Thank you, sir. Yes. All right. And I got with me... Charles Liu. The one and only. If Charles Liu is in the house, <laughs> you know we're going to do some geeking. That's right. <laughs> Looking forward to it. You, thank you. Thank, thank you. you so much. Because this topic today is about aliens and superheroes. Yes. <sighs> and we, we snared an interview with sort of uh, geek icon, geek goddess, Olivia Munn. Yes. yes. I was out, last time I was out in L.A., I uh, got an interview with her. It was great. Yeah. Last time I was out in L.A., I got a restraining order <laughs> <laughs> from her. No. Yeah. Last time I was in L.A., I was 12. <laughs> really? really? You got to get out more, dude. I do have to get out more. You got to yes, get out more. to the West Coast. Mm -hmm. uh, so sh th just the whole universe of uh, mutant superheroes, to yeah. be specific. Well, she is an X-person. Oh, yeah, yeah because the X-Men are, yes. are mutants, right? She played Psylocke. Psylocke. Mm -hmm. Psylocke. In the yeah. Age of Apocalypse. That's well, correct. Okay, there you go. And and it's a... Uh, so she's been associated with geek culture s simply through her acting roles, mm -hmm. but there's also some of that in her... Because you, you don't have to be a geek to be a geek actor, but it, it helps. It you, does. You, you want Absolutely. it to be true right? Yeah. when someone has it's, that kind of portfolio. It's better to be a fan of what you're doing than just to do it in a mercenary type way anyway. That's a good point. But <laughs> mercenary. Know? Whoa, actor mercenary. Yeah, actor mercenary. Mm. And so uh, she also wrote a memoir titled Suck It, Wonder Woman. <laughs> wow. The Misadventures <laughs> of a Hollywood Geek. She's also a talk show host about geek culture. And I had to ask her, because she's thought about it. I've thought about it. We all thought about it, but she's like in it, performing it, yeah. is embodying it. And yeah. I had to ask her just what, in her mind, defines being a geek. Let's check it out. There is a, uh, a misnomer that being a geek is just playing video games or, or being awkward or just or having a pile of you know comic books. I think being a geek is somebody that just thinks differently than the rest of the crowd. You know, that it's not just what's laid out before you. There are different ways to think about it. And that's why comic books have been so popular with geeks for so long, because th there is a group of people that operate a different way, think a different way, superheroes. Like, they are ostracized because of their abilities to be different. And I think that all geeks operate that way. We just, we're just called oh, so, geeks. Oh, so superheroes never really fit in. Well, neither did the geek set. Yeah, and I think that's what people identify with. I mean, when you're in school and your brain works differently and you're not picking it up on like everybody else is, it's not that you're dumb. It's that you have to figure out a different way. And like, and that comes with, you know, when whether people are autistic or on the spectrum or are shy or uncomfortable or socially awkward or really smart and clever and they could be the college quarterback but also be into astrophysics, you know? It's it's just anybody who allows their brain to think differently. It's a movie title, The Astrophysics Quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> so Charles, you are, you are Star Talk's resident geek in chief. Mm -hmm. I'm honored to be there. I don't remember who first knighted you that. <laughs> it, it, wasn't, it wasn't me, I totally agree with it, but somebody upped that. Right. And it, and, and it landed on you like, like a robes. ton of bricks. No, no. Like royal robes. So what, what was your arc through life to become uh, the geek in chief that you are? For me, geekdom is essentially freedom from the norm, from the constraints 
of social or familial or other kinds of pressures. But right. we generally associate comic books, mm -hmm. video games, but also uh, attendance at Comic Con. Mm -hmm. Yes, these are kind of. These but, are kind of card-carrying behaviors. Yes, but they're also theater geeks. They're art geeks. Right. They're opera geeks. They're music Math geeks. geeks. They're sports geeks. geeks. They're sports geeks. All kinds of yeah. geeks. When you are just different, then you become a geek in the eyes of many. And then you have to ask yourself, what are you going to do with it? I myself, fortunately, had such a strong sense of self some people might say arrogance or egotism, <laughs> that I didn't care what other people thought. Sounds like thought he's been to therapy and they're trying to get that through to him. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound like that, doesn't it? Yeah, so I didn't really care that I was off to the side of what was supposedly mainstream. Yes, I was bummed at times when I felt excluded or otherwise not part of the in crowd, but I was fortunate that I did have a few good friends who were like me, who were interested in the same kinds of things that I was, so that I did not have a problem with a social group that made me feel comfortable, and as a result, my geekdom gave me freedom. You found family. I did. Okay, so now, but geek to me should also mean not just an interest in something, but some expertise that yeah. you could put on the table. Something that you, could throw that down. you know more about, about than, than your people. average person. Yeah, so Chuck, yeah, you, yeah. I'd I like you as my co-host because you you hang with the geek folk. So I think you got some geek underbelly from the, your past that you have not <laughs> fessed up about. I lived most of my life as a closeted geek. Oh. And uh -huh. then, uh, believe it or not, 10 years ago when I started working with you is when I came out of the closet. Oh! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like, you know, I was like, you know what? Why am I hiding this part of myself? Whoa. I'm cool. I'm okay. I'm okay. Liberation. I was liberated. But as a matter of fact, Wonderful. I could say, like, you know what? Yeah, I really enjoyed this. I love science. I love all this stuff. Neil, so it's finally one of you us had a, a way you can express it professionally. Correct. Yeah. Charles, what's the next geek frontier? Is it because it tends oh, to track wow. technology? Yes, it is does. Is it like VR worlds? Is it augmented reality? You know what? With video games. I think so far, so good. This sounds great. Because <laughs> the geeks tend to be at, at the moving frontier Absolutely. of how technology applies yes. to yes. ways to not go to work. <laughs> <laughs> I believe the next great geek frontier, at least right now, is biohacking. Really? I think wait, wait, the, wait, 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 biohacking. Biohacking. The idea of, like, say... Uh, somebody is paralyzed and yeah. can't move their arm because their nerve systems, nervous systems can't get from their, mm -hmm. you know, get signals from their brain to their arm. Instead, you put a, say, a wireless thing mm -hmm. up against your temple, which then allows you to do some other way of communicating, maybe through uh, 5G, maybe through some sort of wireless or Bluetooth signal. 6G. <laughs> right, at that, <laughs> which, at that point. Yeah, at some point. <laughs> Uh, which then allows that person to move the arm. Oh, so you have completely without... convinced me that you've watched too many science fiction movies. Well, this is the point. <laughs> Put on this helmet, and then you become. <laughs> but see, that's you, happening now, that's though, in a way. The frontier. You asked me what the frontier was, and yeah. that's what it is. And we're not talking about like cyborg terminators or anything. We're talking about people whose lives can be improved. Um, but that's not just a geek frontier. That's a medical frontier. That's that not a just frontier. geeks. I don't know. There are people who are right now just geeks. Who can do cool things with, you know, oh, so a, a screwdriver might, and a webcam? They might you know? lead the charge I to make so. this happen. I think there's some neat stuff. I don't think there's going to be talking about like people inserting, you know, devices Chips. into their gray matter or anything yeah. like that. I'm talking like about like half other, of every episode right. of Black Mirror. Just a little, right, exactly. just a little right. bit Involves too crazy. Brain Some, right. 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 Exactly. Right. I don't, I'm not talking about that kind of thing. I'm talking about the other kinds. There's also uh, biohacking in agriculture. Uh, growing plants. It's called that, GMO. Uh, yeah. Genetically <laughs> modification. Right. So, but I really like when what you said that geeks are people that don't fit in because they have interests that they want to preserve within themselves right. and not succumb right. to social pressure. Yeah. So Olivia also had thoughts about this, about what it is to think differently growing up, especially when you have peer pressure in school. Let's check it out. I'm half Asian, so, you know, there is a very strict, like, you know, uh, grade system. Like, there's, like, the Asian F is a B. So, <laughs> so it was, like, I, and I am, so in my so family. it's really true. It's 100% true. <laughs> and so I remember I had to work so hard to understand, because it was just going so fast. And I just, I needed more time to absorb it. In fact, I got really good at cheating because of it. Like, I had to learn when I was, like, really young, I had to, I had to learn, like, 
how to come up with a little system of um, dots or dashes like on my notebook or on a chalkboard or whatever. So I would see like the formulas everywhere because you couldn't have them out. But I would like sketch them into like little dots and I would come up with a whole, like an alphabet based on dots and dashes just because that's how my brain had to work. I was, it was so much easier to come up with that than to just learn the actual <laughs> formula. <laughs> it was easier for me to learn a whole new like system. This is the beginnings of cryptography. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, but it's, it worked for the way my brain worked. And, um, but there was Mr. Theck, and that was in eighth grade. I was 13. And I remember um, there was a time where he called and he said, look, your, um, your daughter is flunking honors algebra. And my mom was normally a yeller, but she sits me down and I was like, oh my gosh. Normally she's like the screaming yelling, but it's that moment she knew it was more serious. And she sat down and she says, okay, so you're making an F right now in algebra. And I was like, oh gosh. And she said, now I asked him, what would it take for you to make an A? Because obviously that's, it's either A or nothing. And she said, he said, you have to make 100% on every quiz, test, pop quiz, and homework, and all the bonuses on all of those for the rest of the semester. And I was like, well, there's just no way I'm doing it. I mean, my, I was like literally calling, you know, the funeral home. I was like, I need a casket ASAP. This is not going to end well. And my mom said, you're going to do it. So every day I would come home and she'd say, did you do your homework? And I said, yes. And she says, let's do it again. I'm like, oh, I don't. And she would normally like when we would be studying and stuff, she'd be like, no, it's this, it's this. She'd yell. This time, this whole period of time, my mom was just, just took her time with me. A little and, more tender. Yeah, and, and, and she understood that I was trying, but that I needed someone to just explain it slowly and in a different way. And by the end of it, I made an A. I made 100% on every single quiz, test, pop quiz, homework, plus the bonuses. And I mean, to that, that's what has helped me in my life now when I think something seems hard or I don't understand it, I will say, to myself, I know I can do it. I just need to stop down and think about how my brain works. Charles, wow. you're, you're on sabbatical right now, but yes. otherwise you actively teach yes, at the absolutely. College of Staten Island yes, at the yes, City yes. University of New York. Yes. What do you, how do you handle people who learn differently? Oh, or at the college question. level, do you have the luxury to not care? Yeah, exactly. Because they paid, they just could learn or hey, get out. Here's the information. Get you, it how you get it. You, right. you always have the option to not care, but I wouldn't be in what I'm doing in my field if I didn't care. And that's, you that's, do have Chuck, to work beautiful on that. Really well, thank you. Uh, let me first shout out, give a shout out to young Olivia uh, for getting through that really difficult period of time mm -hmm. academically and a shout out to Olivia's mom mm -hmm. for doing exactly the kind of thing that I would have done in the circumstances there if I were enlightened enough to do so. So she knew there's a point where yelling is not going to work. Exactly. We need to go to plan B. Yeah. Right. We need a different approach. Okay, so now what about the fact that we always hear that some people just can't handle math? What, what do you do about that? What you do is you realize that these people cannot handle math class. They cannot handle math curriculum or math teaching or math tests. But Isn't that kind of everything? <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to say, what's left? Yeah, what's left? What's left, Charles? <laughs> and that's what we find out, right? We all are excellent mathematicians. We just have varying degrees of ability to look at something in an abstract form and then write it down on a piece of paper because somebody else told us to. Right? Our calculation abilities on a regular basis are remarkable. Our geometry in order to walk or to run, our physics what in order to lift What people often talk about is, down. and by the way, obviously professional players do this best, but anyone can do it. Okay. If I throw you a ball mm -hmm. and it's not where you're standing, mm -hmm. you will run to it and arrive where the ball will land as you catch it. Right. Yeah. Most people will do this successfully. That's right. All right. Which means you're there's you're, a calculation you're making that going calculation on. That's right. That's right. On the fly. There's a parabolic yep. dart, and it's, it speeds up as it come down. Mm -hmm. You're going to intersect it mm -hmm. at the right time and at the right place. Right. So, yeah. so the human brain is capable of doing math, and I don't care who you are. You can do it. Can you write it down? Says the Asian Maybe. person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, Olivia's point. <laughs> Olivia's point is Come well on, it's taken. A, it's a very good stereotype. It's well taken. Look, and and Olivia's half Asian. Yes. She's half Asian. Right. Right. It's the half Which that, is why she was only half good at math. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's so she she summoned the Asian gods for that when she needed to get all the perfect the, scores. The amazing thing is that the Asian stereotype of academic success is really a combination of both the American dream, people working hard, mm -hmm. and a sort of confluence of cultural things. In right. East Asia, for literally 
a thousand or more years. Right. You got ahead in society by doing well on tests, by taking exams, whether they were public exams, civil exams, school exams, and things like that. And so, like in places like Japan, for example, which Olivia was mentioning, and also uh, South Korea, some of these other places in East Asia, it's very unhealthy for the young people because all they're thinking about are tests, 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 tests. Test, test, test. test. But then they come to America like I did when I was fortunate, when I came to America when I was four years old. And now all of a sudden, these- He said t- like, he, like he took the boat. I know. <laughs> well, Just, with, you see a with, young chuck, right, you know? <laughs> Please. <laughs> <laughs> I took a plane with my parents. Uh, my, my mother brought us over. My father From was a Taiwan. Grad, yes, and my father was a graduate student already here in America. Mm-hmm. So what happened was that when we brought those cultural values over to America, all of a sudden, those values became the things that were valuable for colleges and universities mm-hmm. or the ability to get success in the academic realm. And so it, it became, all worked out. It became a natural extension of it. It wasn't that we were somehow miraculously more intelligent than people who were not Asian. It was just that this is how the confluence of our values combine. So Charles, what what works best for you to learn? Me? Yeah. Oh God. Um, I'm gonna say uh, sleeping while listening to tapes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. Um, you know, I I I think. The, the for me, what I would do, the best thing for me to do, and I see this in my son, is to read and then to listen to it. Multiple oh, so it comes inputs. In, yeah, different, Multiple different sensory. Right. sensory. Yeah. Exactly. By the way, that's what I do when I give a public talk. Really? Because they say, are you going to stand behind the podium? Right. No. No. <laughs> no, I'm going to walk around. Right. I'm going to use my body gestures and and, and, and tap in some it dance moves. It drives the camera people crazy. Yeah, they hate it, but I don't, I'm, doing, I'm not doing it for the camera people. Um, and so what do you think about her dot system? Is, is that cheating or is it? Um, yeah, that's cheating. <laughs> Yeah. Come on. And by the way, I, I had some news for her. Uh, there is a system that's been invented. It's called Morse code. Yeah. Morse code. She could have just learned that. Yeah, but she was a kid, right? Right. No, cheating is a fascinating you know, concept, bending the rules. I mean, how many of us have never watched a movie online without paying for it or downloaded a song uh, to hear it without going through the proper copyright, right? All of us have found something, some rule that they found onerous or they'd rather circumvent and then gotten around it. Well, also too, it's it's whatever. Sometimes you're more motivated to cheat. For her, she had pressure to perform. Yeah, Yeah, I I almost don't even blame her. Yeah, that pressure to perform. She's Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to get killed if I don't, you know... Yeah. I, I, believe me, that's yeah. a that's a lot of pressure. I've been there. Too much yeah. pressure. All right, when we come back, more of my interview with Olivia Munn, and we get into mutants and superpowers. Excellent. When Star Talk returns. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you, like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the US on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx ground is faster to more locations than UPS ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. 
I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. We're back. Star Talk. We are talking about superheroes of the mutant kind. And we got Charles Liu, who Hello. is our geek in chief. Yes. Talking about superheroes. Yes, absolutely. And so we Olivia Munn, yes. she was in one of the X-Men movies. Yes. She played Psylocke in Age of Apocalypse. Save Psylocke. X-Men Apocalypse, Psylocke P S Y L O C K E. And she even did her own stunts. In the fight scenes. Impressive. I don't know if you knew that. I did I not did know not. that. Yeah, yeah. So let's get a little bit of insight into this appearance in that film as we rejoin my interview with actress Olivia Munn. So you do martial arts? Is that right? Yeah. What um, kind? Taekwondo. We grew up doing Taekwondo. All five kids we had to. Again, it's we have to play a musical <laughs> instrument and we have to make A's and we have to... Do, that my mom... And, and kick some ass. Yeah. Um, well, your character in X-Men... Mm-hmm. Uh, Kick serious ass, not just with your this blade thing mm-hmm. that comes right. out. What's the is there a word for that? It's a psionic sword. Psionic sword. Yeah, so Psylocke, her ability is to be able to create anything with her mind. In my opinion, she has always been the most powerful because if you can create anything with your mind, there you go. Done, game over. Right, right. And so um the reason why Psylocke doesn't just create a boulder and just shut the whole thing down, because she could, is because when you have, in my opinion, when you have a power that great, you get a little bored. And it's so much more fun and intimate to kill with a sword because you have to get up close. Right. And I had to, as a fan, when I watch this, I, if people have super human powers, I want them to tear each other apart. Like, that's really what I want. In these kind of movies, I want to see what it would be like if you have these powers. What would it really be? So, so Charles, tell me about the powers in the X-Men okay. universe. All right. Well, Psylocke specifically mm-hmm. was the sister of Captain Britain. The the Captain Britain and the various uh, British Marvel comics in the 80s were very much favored by American collectors back then who were older than the children's crowd because they weren't controlled as much by the comics code authority you know that had to keep everything all family friendly and things like that they but meaning the uk the uk censors, had more yeah. freedom right. they more had freedom. Did, they had more freedom and the us did not and so this character betsy braddock actually was originally psylocke uh, a an intelligent person who also had powers of uh, telepathy, telekinesis, things like that, eventually came and joined the X-Men and was there for a while. But then around 1989 or so, Marvel changed the character dramatically. First, they gouged her eyes out. And then they added cybernetic eyes. And then she was brought over to, uh, I think, Hong Kong, somewhere in Asia, brainwashed by an assassination team called The Hand. And then she became the seriously scary kick-ass character. Nice. So her character... Oh, why do you know this much about Psycho this? Lock. I love this. So, <laughs> Olivia Munn wasn't yeah. too far off the right. mark. So, so, Charles, so, why do you know this much about this? <laughs> I know that's, that's an inordinate you know, you know amount that, of information is, to know is, about a C-level character <laughs> in the Marvel <laughs> Universe. I'm just saying, that's amazing. <laughs> well, what, that's Charles, amazing. But, Charles. But, yes, yes. Charles. Yes. I, I don't... I don't, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just a thing. I don't, don't know who you are. That's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> but what happened was that transformation did turn Psylocke from a sort of a C-level character to a very popular Marvel character. Gotcha. Because then she had this sort of hard edge to her, right. which became very popular mm. amongst so they knew the, what they were doing. the 20-somethings right. that were starting to read comics much more than the teens and the children that were reading it beforehand. So that dark sharpness mm. that 
Olivia was describing in the clip is very much reflected in the current Psylocke, which has the ability not just to read minds and so forth, but right. actually creating Create. her mind energy. So there's others, Magneto, mm-hmm. yes. Professor X, Wolverine, that's yes. a lot of people's favorite. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. And Adamantium. Uh, Cyclops. Cyclops and shoots Storm. beams out of the eye. I kind of like Storm. Storm controls the weather. Storm yeah. was kind of yeah. cool. Yes. Yes. Me and I weather enjoy. go way back. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like a meteorologist <laughs> that has superpowers. <laughs> Looks like storms. Yes. No, it looks great. <laughs> oh, yeah. I no, guess I there's a storm. It's a storm. Right. <laughs> I want to go to the picnic. <laughs> so, Chuck, what would you do if you had if you had her ability, Psy- Psylocke's ability? Psylocke? What would you make? I don't, know. I don't Listen, first of all, that's not the only, like, the idea of creating something with your mind, Green Lantern has the same thing, it's just the power is in the ring. Mm-hmm. But whatever he thinks of comes into existence mm-hmm. in an energy form. Great point. So, I mean, it's not... I, I don't like that power. Did you just mix two different universes? Yes, yes, the DC I did. and Marvel. The DC and Marvel. Oh, oh, but that, I'm just saying, you know, that's that's a that's a, a that's, that's a punishable crime. Yes, but I, my yeah. power would be like um, Sebastian Shaw. That's, oh, that's who I would mm-hmm, like to be mm-hmm. like. He's a guy that can absorb any energy, mm-hmm. any energy, blow up, set off a hydrogen bomb, and guess what? He can absorb that. Isn't this what the material is that was featured in in Black Panther? Yes, vibranium. Yes, exactly. Vibranium. Vibranium, yes. vibranium does that. Right. He's yes. essentially living vibranium. He's living vibranium. Living vibranium. He's a living vibranium. Oh. To me, that's what I would want. So I, I so there's her character. Yes. Olivia Munn's character can create materialize anything with her mind. I asked her if she could choose her own superpower, what would it be? Ooh. Let's check it out. Interesting. It has to be to fly. Well, I mean, if you, I mean, you're an astrophysicist, so if you could have any power in the world, what would you have? Uh, it would be to read people's minds. Interesting. And what would you do with that? You would know before someone committed a crime that that's oh. what they were about to do. So you don't have to beat them up. You can just prevent them from doing like it. Like Minority Report. For example. Although that's a little creepier, the way... How but, that, but my point is... You would stop them. Yeah. You know, there they are in the act of committing a crime, and then you have to fight them and then drag them to prison. Or you know they're about to. And then what do you do? Well, you you say, hey, let's come over here. Let's go have a cup of coffee. You know, it wouldn't make a you good think that movie. With, you think that worked with? You think Hitler just needed a cup of coffee? You think Hitler was just waiting for Neil to come through, like, hey, hey, Hitty, come here. Let's go to the beer garden. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, but so that is an interesting thing. Like, when so that you, way you don't have to be strong. You can be. Well, uh, you could be intimately clever about how to distract someone from whatever might have been their nefarious. Very clever. Awesome. Neil deGrasse Tyson is Java Man. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't wreck wreck New York. Come and have coffee with me. Hey, buddy. Let's talk about that. (laughs) That's great, actually. Well done. It's a great idea. (laughs) It's like some Madagascar cinnamon (laughs) on the top. (laughs) So, Chuck, what superpower do you think you would have? What superpower? That's a great question. At one time, I thought that maybe I would want the same superpower as you was thinking, you know, being able to read minds. But then I found out that most thoughts are never realized. Yes. Thousands of thoughts. There's a whole episode of The Twilight Zone on that very fact. Yeah. Every time we read a book, we have new thoughts. Every time we imagine something, new thoughts. The only things that actually matter are what come out in the real world. We cannot, like in like Minority Port or other kinds of environments, castigate someone for their thoughts as long as they don't act upon them. Right, right. right. So, but so it, with that episode of, of The Twilight Zone, yes. someone, some coin was spun and it ended up standing up on its end and oh. that changed the universe uh-huh. and he could hear people's thoughts. And he went into the, a bank and the bank guard was thinking, after everyone leaves, I can enter the safe because the safe will be unlocked. Uh-huh. I can open the thing. And he said, my God, he's like alerting the police and everything. Right. And then he finds out the bank guard has those thoughts every day. Right. Yeah. It's just every a, it's day. a little fantasy, right? Uh-huh. right? right. right? And right. so you, don't, you can't distinguish their fantasy from their, exactly. what they would actually exactly. act upon. So, so my, I agree with you. Thanks, thanks. So my desired power is instead to be able to know exactly the right thing to say or do at any given moment. Towards what end? Toward either making Peace someone- Peace and love and happiness? Mm-hmm. Either making someone feel better or stopping something bad from happening 
or isn't that my cup of joe? Yes, that, that is. That's, that's my, you guys have the same power. It's the same idea, but instead of talking Except about he gets, thoughts, he gets we he think gets about. a scone with the pot. <laughs> <laughs> I like scones. Chuck does a scone. I'm picky about scone. my scone, but good scone is no substitute. My wife makes the best scones in the world. <laughs> now you tell me. This. Puts little zombie. I was at your house two weeks ago. Yeah. You didn't tell me she made good scones. Well. Next time. You weren't going to commit a crime. <laughs> <laughs> you were going to commit a crime. You would have got a scum. Right. Damn. <laughs> so, so preventing crime with actions rather than thoughts. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Very good. Chuck, how about you? Oh, man. You know, I'm not, see, you guys are too damn thoughtful. I just want to be able to vaporize people. <laughs> <laughs> With your eyes. Exactly. <laughs> it's been done. It's called Cyclops. There you go. Well. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Mm -hmm. I guess so. All right, so, Charles, what do you think science can do to create a superpower? Oh, Actual, you know, in a real... Point. So, you know, we have the Iron Man suit, for That's example. Right. That comes closest yep. to wow. yep. imagining yeah. There that. are now cybernetic suits. Yeah. They're not nearly powered by, you know, some arc generator or whatever, but no. mm -hmm. it's certainly, you can move or be protected from things. Well, well, what about well. genetic mutations? Yeah, those Genetically mutate now. you so that what? So that you don't catch diseases that are otherwise lethal to you. Okay, that's not a superpower. Yeah. That, that's just being healthy. Well, it's, being, just, it's a superpower if, in but, the jungles of Africa. <laughs> but if it's true for any disease, then you become immortal, then that's a superpower. No, but it's not a superpower if everyone has it. We Why learned not? that in The Incredibles. Why not? It <laughs> okay. is. A, it's still. What's, a what's the mantra? If if everyone is special, no, no one's then special. no one is special. No, I disagree. Therefore, it's not a superpower. Point. It's just power. Well, see, that's a, a small-minded interpretation of what superpower truly is. Right. You just call me small minded. Mm -hmm. No, I'm no, I'm Whoa. talking. Meet me I'm outside. You see how small minded wow. I am after I kick them. If you pull my foot out of your ass, I was going to say that's that's <laughs> astrophysics fighting words right there. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like what you say about my mama. <laughs> I'm that's saying that your mama is special. Mama talks for astrophysics. I'm, I'm saying your mama is special, <laughs> and so is everybody else. Uh, that's right? hilarious. Yes. No. No. I, this is a very Pollyanna-ish idea of what being special means and so on. But the idea that we can all benefit from something and therefore be super as a result is not at all an alien or a bad concept. I, I have no problem with, for example, everybody being able to live as long as they'd like to live in a healthy manner. That is a true superpower, is it not? Yeah, but it's also, um, you know, a big time fantasy because mm -hmm. like, what what kind of taxation on the earth would that yes. create? Yeah, if need we more could planets. all just, we, we need we more would, planets. We would need to expand. Yeah. Well, we the universe is large. So. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's true. Mm -hmm. oh, they, we, I forgot who I was talking to. <laughs> we already know. Yeah. <laughs> 4,000 planets and counting outside our solar system. Yeah. Don't worry. We got and they're all just in a little circle around us. Yeah, so yeah. We, we got so planets. We're, 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 we're in good yeah, shape. We good. We good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So remember what Arthur C. Clarke said, right? Not only was he a great science fiction writer, but he also patented, for example, the communication satellite. So a very intelligent engineer and scientist. Nice. He said, and I paraphrase, I think, that... Any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Yes. Yes. Right? And if magic... That's not just a paraphrase. That's oh, a quote. I got it? Oh, I, I good, think good, you good. got it. Okay. I think you got okay. it. So, so if um, magic is essentially a superpower, right? Being a wizard is super powerful or supernatural or something, then that means all of us who have the technology but it know how to wield it... And who how to create it? Just, yeah, it just looks. It's it. not it just looks like though, it, right? right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But theoretically, neither is the Iron Man armor, right? I know what you're saying. Right. Don't, I'm yeah, with yeah. You. Or Wolverine's I'm 100 with yeah, you, right? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that's my you. take. Okay. Yeah. All right. When we come back, we devote an entire segment to Olivia's cosmic queries. Awesome. Because you know she has some. I'm you sure know she that. does. Oh yeah. You know. Yes. Oh yeah. Right. So when we come back, like, what's your favorite coffee? <laughs> Kona from the side slope, the eastern slopes of the. the <laughs> when Star Talk returns, more of my interview with Olivia Munn. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. 
Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Hey, it's time to shout out the following Patreon patrons. Genesis Perez and Brayden Thomas. Hey guys, thanks so much for your support. Without you, there's no way that we could do what we do here at Star Talk Radio. And for those of you listening who would like your own Patreon shout out, go to patreon.com slash Radio and support us. We're back. Star Talk featuring my interview with patron saint of geeks. Oh, Ooh. Ooh. Olivia Munn. All right. Yes. Yeah, she yes. Uh, actress, she, you know, she's got good street cred yep. mm-hmm. for g- being a geek. Mm-hmm. And in this final segment, I just thought, why don't I see if she has questions for me about the universe? Okay. Cuz you know she's a deep thinker. Oh, yes. And she's think thought about this stuff. So let's get her first question for me right now. I want to know if you think that aliens exist. I have no reason to doubt that the galaxy and the universe isn't teeming with aliens. <laughs> but, I was, but, I'm so, it makes me so happy that you said that. But it's not, it's not because I want it to be true. No, because, because the science shows you that, right? The science is compelling. When you look at what we're made of as, as life on Earth, humans, yeah. we're made of the same ingredients in rank order as what the universe is made of. So the fact that life started here on Earth... There's no reason to think that was some special occasion, Mm -hmm. some special thing. And now we have catalogs of exoplanets Mm -hmm. that is growing into the multiple thousands now. And that's Mm -hmm. just in our little little sector of our entire galaxy, one of countless billions of galaxies in the universe. Mm -hmm. To say that we are alone in the universe, there is no... That's inexcusably egocentric to think such a thing. I agree. So, Chuck, why do you think people get so excited? Maybe people like Olivia, but maybe others are excited at the prospect that aliens are out there rather than scared. I think. Or maybe there are two camps there's the scared camp and the happy camp. Yes, I think there are two camps. Uh, But I think that being alone makes this so incredibly random and worthless. I think that's really from a philosophical, I think it's more philosophical than anything else, Mm. you know? We don't want to be that special. We don't want to be that special, (laughs) you know what I mean? Because that really does, you know, it it, it does make this whole thing so random and worthless that it almost doesn't count. So Charles, what do you think of the chances that we are unique in the universe? Uh, Zero. 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 Statistically speaking, the chances that we are unique are zero. But... Wait, 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 let me back up. Wait, let me back up. Let me back up. So... Earth span billions yes. of years to create us. <laughs> featuring single-celled life. Right. And then billions more with interesting life, but still, by today's standards, simple. Okay? Yes. So, the life we think of as complex and intelligent and all that is mm-hmm. a very recent phenomenon. Yes. In the tree of life. Yes. And it's only happened in one branch of the tree of life, right. the vertebrates. And the intelligence we think of is even in sub-branches of that, the mammals of the vertebrates of the tree of life. All right? Okay. So, so the contingency of that. Suppose something happened on Earth uh-huh. way back that just snipped at that frequency. One chain. Snipped. Mm-hmm. The vertebrate chain. Yep. Mm. You would never have the apes. You would never have the hominids. You would never have the humans. And you just have everything else. So I'm not asking you, do you think it's obvious there's life elsewhere? Oh. I'm asking you, do you think we could be alone in our intelligence? Wow. Every species that has ever existed or will exist is unique in its own way. Yep. So, Which is what that- unique means. <laughs> <laughs> I have no rebuttal to that. Right, right, right. right. I'm just, you know, and what that, I don't mean so, be Merriam-Webster here, right, but I'm right. just saying. So in that particular vein, mm-hmm. there is no other species like us anywhere ever. Right. Right? But if you want to compare ourselves to 
any possible aliens that have thumped, that have something like intelligence that we can recognize, that has a backbone or a spine like we recognize, or some other kind of combination or permutation. Or even intelligence without a, an yeah. invertebrate right. intelligence. Right. Then like I, squid are pretty intelligent. Yeah, yeah, they are, yeah. yeah. Uh, Unless I look at this spineless character. (laughs) (laughs) So you're right. You don't have to have a backbone to have intelligence because we got squid and the octopus is, by most measures, an intelligent creature. So if if you draw your boundaries in a way to say, is there life that we would recognize as intelligent and communicative and so forth, the odds of that happening are essentially 100%. Cool. All right, I got a question for both of you. Yeah, but are they going to be able to do uh, uh, the Pythagorean theorem? Yeah, well, math is really yeah, the math. If they don't have a backbone, why would they need to do the Pythagorean theorem? I don't even know how you get that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you're a, a super intelligent octopoid mm-hmm. uh, species and you're zipping around the universe, why do you need hard angles. Oh, you're three, saying if you're squishy, you don't why not create... You're not into straight lines. That's right. Why not just have fluid uh, boundaries? They have a whole other things? kind of math. Yeah. Exactly. Fluid, fluid boundary And math. it is well known, even with our limited intelligence that relies on geometry and hard boundaries, that there are non-Euclidean geometries that do not rely yeah. on, say, all the triangles right. adding mm-hmm. up 180 degrees, there. things like okay. that. Um, um, I think there's a lot of potential that none of us have even thought about, if right. anything. I know we got to move on, but I want to ask you guys this. What? Since she's kind of based, not really. <clears throat> how much do you think that we know? Since you're talking about how if there's life in the view, mm-hmm. yeah. what would you say is from a 1 to 10, using decimal places if you mm-hmm. want, what is the amount of knowledge that we actually have with respect to what is knowledge that exists. One half. Really? Between zero and 10, one half. Between zero and 10, one half. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> between zero and 10, one half. Yeah. Neil is uh, being generous. I thought generous. you meant one half all the way to zero, no, like no, that no. would be a five. But you no, mean, no, 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 point five. No, wait, wait, no, I have, no, yeah, point five. Point five. You yeah. know why? Why? Because. Go ahead. Because dark matter and dark energy we have no idea of what those are, and they comprise 96% of what is driving this universe. All right, that's a very good... So on a scale like of 1 that. to 10, we know half, basically. Okay. Neil is being generous. Even in the part, the 0.5 out of 10, right. that we know about in terms of protons, neutrons, electrons, neutrinos, yeah, All the familiar like that. stuff right, that right. you know we is s- in that half. In we that still half. know less than 1% of what's actually going on in our observable universe alone. So in the so stuff that I we would, actually know, we still, <laughs> still, we still don't know. That's right. In the stuff that so, we know. So I feel like we're at 0.01 of 0.5. Damn. All right, damn. Charles, can't you give us a little bit? Man, what oh, do you do I'm ego? not saying that's a bad thing. I'm saying that the fact that we've learned that much, just being on a little mud ball here in the middle of the our solar system. Damn, he just dissed Earth, too. Mud ball. Man, he's in a dissing mode. I, you know what? I just I see feel, now an alien race showing up here. People of the mud bar. <laughs> <laughs> and I would stand up to that alien and say, and what? <laughs> right? Because it's really neat that we have such humble origins from a scientific, biological point of view, and yet we still understand so much already, and we can't wait to learn more. All right. Okay, here's why I think it's not that bad. Okay. All right? Sure. And I think I can convince you. Because we have similar brain wirings, we train the same, mm-hmm. this sort of thing. So I think I got him here. Okay, he doesn't. He doesn't know what's coming. All right. All right. You ready? Bring it on. In the history of civilization, yes. Before science, up to the modern methods and tools of science, yes. into modern day, uh, things would happen in the world that we wouldn't understand. Mm-hmm. And so you invent gods. Yes. You invent. The God of the gaps. Yeah, the gods of the gaps. Then, and gaps implies you knew stuff to the left or right of it. There were not even gaps. Yeah, everything was explained this way. All right. As we moved on, things would get explained. It was no longer a mystery. Other things would show up. Oh, that's you know what is that? This lightning coming from you know moving through the air. What is that? Oh, it's electricity. It's got electrons. All right, we got that. All right, what is this thing? It moves a needle on the... Oh, that's a magnetic field. So now we got that. We, mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, they're two sides of the same coin. Electromagnetism. All right, we got that. Uh, what else? Oh, the atoms are behaving weirdly. Oh, 
let's discover quantum physics, mm -hmm. and now we can explain yep. that, yep. all yep. right? And so my point is, how much today is in our world experience that's a phenomenon that completely defies explanation? Ah. This is my point. Yes, because you know you make an excellent point. See, I told you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're yes. saying. When, when Faraday passed a wire through a magnetic yeah, field and a meter moved, like, yeah. that's mysterious. Oh my gosh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we have to figure out a way to explain this, and we did. Right. We we understood electricity, and Faraday laid the tilled the soil for all of the later understanding of electricity to unfold, including the efforts of um, well, was partly based on what um, Benjamin Franklin, our boy, right. mm -hmm. was able to write. He has a, a book called Experimental Researches into Electricity. Yeah. All right. So I'm asking today, are there things moving and we don't understand what's making it happen? Mm -hmm. Is there some force operating that defies our account? So you're saying that the reduction in the number of mysteries. Yes. Mm. Absolutely. Mystery by the mystery by, by something's moving. Right. Something's making it move and we don't understand what that is. So okay. the forces of nature, which we've condensed down to just four operations in this world, the strong force, the weak force, gra um, gravity, and electromagnetic forces, that accounts for all of this. Right. Okay? Yes, we still don't know dark matter, dark energy. That's a big unknown. But that's I'm prepared to limit our unknown to that right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to go down to, down that hole with you. Fair enough. I, I can accept Look, your... Look, he's just looking at me and nodding. <clears throat> Whoa! I, I can accept your current explanation. There are little niggling skeptical holes mm -hmm. that I would poke in that. All right, but man, overall, we're, we're we got to get our racial. Yeah, you can't use the word niggle in oh, front of... sorry, yeah, sorry. A black Damn, person man. on each side. What's, what's, what happened? Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was a very... <laughs> Civil conversation, and all of a sudden, you just like, you know, nickel, please. Like, gentlemen, gentlemen, I humbly apologize. There's another word that got outlawed, uh, niggardly. That's another niggardly, word. Oh, which means oh, miserly and yeah. cheap. Stingy, uh -huh. yes. That, that word got outlawed exactly. long, long ago. Well, you know what? Somebody actually said that to me. They're like, no, niggardly means cheap. And I was like, no, it's going to be mean you getting punched. <laughs> That's what it's going to mean. That's going to be Okay. <laughs> please, gentlemen, let me rephrase. Okay. There are small details of what you just said that I might uh, poke Qu at. Quibble. Yes, <laughs> but your idea is sound and I can see how you can defend the position that you've taken. Very good. Yeah. Excellent. Very good. Excellent. Uh, so Olivia had one last question for me. All right. In this interview. And it had to do with invoking science to make sense of the world. Let's check it out. Do you know when people talk about um, like planets, like, oh, when the moon comes in and, and it affects people this way or when Mercury is in retrograde, People will say, oh, Mercury's in retrograde. That's why they're like late or they're... I've noticed. Yeah, they say that a lot. Do you believe that the planets affect us individually? So you can measure like how much light is coming from a planet or how much gravity you would feel from it. So you can measure this. So let's take, for example, let's say you're about to give birth and there's Mars in view. Mm -hmm. so, oh, you're born under Mars. Well, you can calculate how much more light is coming to the delivery table from the lamp relative mm -hmm. to Mars? Well, it's hundreds of thousands of times the intensity of light. Mm -hmm. okay. well, how about the gravity from Mars? I can calculate that. Mm -hmm. We've known this since Isaac Newton, how to mm -hmm. calculate that. And you calculate it and you learn that the gravitational field of the midwife or the medical doctor who is helping you deliver the baby is greater than the gravitational force from Mars on you and your soon-to-be-born child. So, if you're to appeal to Mars, you're going to have to say, oh, there's something scientists have yet to discover about it. But you can't talk about the light, and you can't talk about the gravity, because we got that. Okay, so now you have to say, there's some mysterious thing that's affecting us that scientists have yet to measure. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, we have five senses, five traditional senses. Some people say they have a sixth sense. They can know what someone's mm -hmm. thinking or know something that they don't otherwise have direct mm -hmm. access to. I don't have a problem with people saying they have a sixth sense. What I can tell you, however, as a scientist, I have access to dozens of senses. What is science if not 
There is something to be measured in this world that my human physiology has no clue what it is or how it works. And I've built this machine that can tell you it's there. You'd have to say there was something going on between you and Mars that all of my access to my dozens of senses mm -hmm. cannot measure. And it does make sense understanding that when people want to blame other things, and that's a big part of it. That's why you see a lot of people who believe in all this stuff where their lives are still just like, they're all anxiety induced. And that, you know, you're like, well, clearly it's not making things more peaceful for you because they've just got something else to blame it on. They've got something they else to shift it on. They have not taken control of their yeah, life. Yeah, that, that's the right. truth. Mm -hmm. yep. It's the gap that they're trying to explain using scientific language like mercury in retrograde, but it's not actually science. That's just pseudoscience. Right, but well, so I guess the, the point is the power of science yes. to explain what you think is a phenomenon uh, is extraordinary. Yes, amazingly so. And people who don't even understand it or don't know about it will use it even incorrectly because it helps explain the unknown. Hmm. So we, we need some parting thoughts. Chuck, do you have anything deep to share with us? Deep? No. Let's do that Chuck, we need to say, you're putting too we, much pressure okay, on me. So Chuck, we, we need some parting thoughts. Do you have anything shallow to share with us? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> no, I, I, I just really appreciate the fact that um, Olivia is a person who is scientifically curious. And, you know, I think the more that people in entertainment show that side of themselves, the more we might see a reflection of that in society. Charles, how about you? Hooray for Olivia Munn mm -hmm. for not only embracing who she is as a geek, but also recognizing that she learns differently and that she is different from others. And yet she embraces all those things, owns them and says, here I am. Just like the title of her book, Suck It Wonder Woman, right? She is great in her own way, and it doesn't really matter what people are going to compare her to because she's cool just as she is. And only Wonder Woman hates her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know that I can add to what the two of you just shared. Uh, what I will say is it's a reminder that when you're growing up and you don't quite know who you are yet or what you want to be, mm -hmm emotionally, personally, professionally, and what is going on around you? There are social forces oh, yeah. to homogenize you mm -hmm. into what others would have you become. And what that does is it robs you of your individuality mm. when you do such a thing. So true. And so much of what has shaped this world has been via the expression of individuality. Mm -hmm. Yes. So imagine what this world would be today if everyone were afforded the opportunity to not have to comply <laughs> with social forces. Imagine how diverse in, in the expression of intellect this world would be. Imagine how much more fun the world would be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think Olivia Munn is a, a best example of that, who's entered a field that previously never really embraced who we are as geeks, mm -hmm. and she's taken it right to the camera lens. And I, I agree with you, Charles, it's someone to applaud. Yes. And let there be many more Olivia Munns. Yes. Well said, To, to grace the screen. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right. You've been watching, listening... You've been consuming Star Talk, <laughs> uh, our edition on uh, superheroes with and some cinnamon on top, with right? with some Madagascar cinnamon <laughs> Madagascar on top. Cinnamon. I just want to thank Olivia Munn for uh, giving us that interview, and Charles Liu. Always good to have you. Thank you Chuck so nice. much. Yes, sir. You're my man. You got it. All right. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist, as always, bidding you to keep looking up. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. 
Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30.